only way to grow your business is through the service that you offer this one client. What would you do for them? Literally. Then take whatever that is and do it for every member in your gym. So like, you know, again, take it back. Like what you were doing, well, literally you grew a business just straight up through referrals. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Helen's back in the studio. What's up, Maddie? What's going on, man? It's, it literally has probably been six weeks, or I don't even know how long. <laughs> I, know, I don't even know if I made the official announcement. Props to Matt. He's now the VP of Studio Ops. So it's everything to do with operating your studio. So like, as soon as you come to training, and then everything beyond that, we're building a team under Matt. Um, he's got it from that point on. So that's probably why you haven't heard from him. He's been a smidge busy with like 30-something clubs coming to, <laughs> coming to open here soon. I mean, it's so much fun, man. We have like, what, nine or ten in pre-sales right now. We got another batch of, what, 20 to 30 coming this year. It's yep. phenomenal. Oh, and you know, I know uh, we've got a guy on the left coast that's on the team. Shout out to Adam, who is our pre-sale specialist, and he has the great privilege of sitting home in his underwear all day selling over the phone which as you guys know if you're not wired for it that's a tough test role and he's doing a really good job so props to you Adam, diego. if you're listening yeah, <laughs> yeah no. from san diego i keep trying to talk him into moving back to georgia so uh, he, did, he did hit me up and he was like yeah maybe i'm like come on man we'd love to have you in here every now and then <laughs> like to see your face at least once a week so otherwise we lock you in a closet and just let you sell stuff but he's really great so yeah, doing great great tool so all right so i had andrea on the podcast that was my last guest as far as in person because i've been doing a lot of you know zoom calls and barring other podcasts that i've done that type of thing but um because i've been a little busy too i don't know if you knew that so i've also been a little busy i didn't think he did anything yeah exactly busy doing nothing (laughs) it's not nothing it's hard to do nothing all day and look busy (laughs) it's an art but so we did a we did a dad joke but i want to get back to did you know since that was our theme so like kind of blown out of the water i should have our guests do did you know i thought you said that right it's like why aren't the guests doing it i'm like i haven't asked them to yeah, come on, man. It's the All theme right. of the year. All right, you ready? Um, well, you do yours first. Okay, well, this one, um, hopefully I'm not making this up, but I swear this is a did you know? <laughs> it's it's right. not that bad. Um, so, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yes. So in college, he was so dominant that they literally, like, made it forbid him, forbid anybody from dunking the basketball while he was in college. Like, they made it a rule. Seriously? Yeah. So I'm like, just can you imagine making a rule for the account. whole league based on one guy? Yeah, because he was so good. <laughs> well, they had the they've had other rules like that, but I mean that's cool when it's dominant. Do you remember when um like the horse collar rule in in uh, football was it was called like the TO rule because Terrell Owens got grabbed in that oh, yeah, Super Bowl playoff gross. and rolled up on the back of his legs, <laughs> and then they came up with the call that, and they always called the TO rule. So there are certain inflection points like that. I'm glad they brought dunking back. That would be a really boring game. If it was just <laughs> oh, there's one for injury, but if you're so good that they make rules, that's, that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. where the skyhook came. If from. I just want to watch layups all day, I'll just watch WNBA. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, they could whoop me up and down the court all day long, but that's not saying much. Anyway, um, so do you have a did you know? You want to go first on your did you know? I just did it. Was that it? Yes. All right. I guess that was pretty interesting. All right. So <laughs> what mine, the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you still here? Matt? Anywhere? God. Mine is uh, the Guinness Book of World's Record for the most prolific mother. So she spit out more kids than anybody ever. She was Russian peasant. <laughs> from the, I don't know why I'm laughing. She's a Russian peasant from the 1700s, and she is rumored to have had 69 children. Over 27 pregnancies. That's some weird math. Let me break it down for you. 
16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quad quin wait a minute. Yeah, quadruplets. <laughs> not quintuplets. That's a whole other ball. When was this? In the 1700s. Imagine having, like, if you had a kid, the risk of having a kid in Russia in the 1700s of dying was so high. Imagine having that many. Dude, seven sets of triplets, 16 pairs of twins, and four sets of quadruplets in the 1700s. She had her own village. That's what I'm saying. I mean, her uterus literally fell out. At Did the, you after say the last spit one. out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it had to be. Like, you get four kids coming out of there four times, 16 pairs of twins. And, I mean, there's not, like, great medical care back then. How do you even recover from that? This lady was literally made to have babies. Like, that's her special talent. Unbelievable. <laughs> who's sleeping with that after that many kids? 69 children. She must have just been, like, laying in a bed in the middle of the village with dudes just swinging by after work. You know what I mean? My God. Well, I mean, how do you have that many – like, how do you have that much sex even to have that many kids? It's insane. <laughs> anyway, I don't know about the genetics on that either. Like, is that all on her side? It would have I mean, to be. It was be. only, what, said 27 times? Well, 27 pregnancies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's just weird it must be the same dude because <laughs> genetics i don't understand how you have that many multiple child events that's just as crazy as hell okay. anyway uh, i miss i miss having matt on the podcast you don't get this normally it takes right back to like uh, 12 year old humor which is amazing are you gonna do your did you know now <laughs> right i know touche <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh it's been too long Oh, anyway, I like it. Are you cream, even listening to me? <laughs> Are you here? What is this noise? Why is there a noise in my right ear? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what we are going to talk about today? Like something real um, is going to be uh, referrals. Yeah, referrals, man. It's a big deal. It is. It's the best type of new business that you could get. They typically stick around longer and uh, they're just better customers because you're literally, if you have happy customers, you normally like them. They normally like you. They refer people, and those are people that are typically like the people they're referring. They want them to be there, and you normally are really happy that they're there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, referrals is something that we work on constantly within our franchises. I mean, that's like just all the things you just said. But the, the biggest thing that I always see is most people just think they deserve referrals, right? Hmm. They, just, they just expect them to happen. Like, Elaborate people, on that. Like, what do you mean deserve? Well, when you start asking and probing questions like, hey, how many referrals did you get? Did you, how many, like, are you asking doing these things? Like, the, sometimes it's, they're not even thinking about it. So it's just that expectation. Like, oh, it's just going to happen, right? People oh, you mean like just, going into it, I'm expecting that. Yeah, like, like I'm just going to, like, people are going to refer people into It reminds business. me of the whole, like, the build it and they will come yeah. kind of mentality. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be so dope. Everybody's coming in. Right. And, like, you know, you think back, you know, when you're training days and 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if, if in full transparency, I'm the one that slept with that Russian lady 69 <laughs> times or however many times. Like but, 30, 47? But, I already forgot. But I mean, you know, your whole business was based on referrals. There wasn't social media. There wasn't any. There, there wasn't Why any is internet. This a weird backhanded compliment. <laughs> Rick, you received so many referrals because there was no internet of things. But, but you're right. You had to grow it that way, which, yep. in, you know, pull back. That's just word of mouth. Yes. Right? That That's your business. And what that shows, you pull it away, that shows how good you actually are. 
Yeah. Well, in that case, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your old sale. Because at one point you had it. You only you only have, and I, I put this put uh, out to our franchisees one day. I was like, you know, just take take this picture. You got you know one client, and the only way you can get more clients is through that client's word of mouth. How would you treat that that client? How would you you yeah. know take care of them? I remember that. I love that lens. You have one customer. Yeah. And you have no social media. You've got no way to market. The only way to grow your business is through the service that you offer this one client. What would you do for them? Yeah. Literally. Then take whatever that is and do it for every member in your gym. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, like, you know, again, take it back. Like, what you were doing, literally, you grew a business just straight up through referrals. Yeah. Word right. of mouth. You go fast forward to today, what do most of us heavily lean on or go? Yeah, social media marketing, yeah, digital marketing. And I mean, it. it's because it's easier, like if I'm honest, like, I mean, I've fallen victim to this too. I will tell you that when Facebook ads came out, it might have been 2013, 14. I mean, you could make wild claims and put crazy pictures up. And, you know, they put a lot of safeguards around that for probably the right reasons. But, man, you could just – leads were cheap. You could get bombarded with Facebook leads early on. And what I noticed is at the same time that that happened, Matt, our referrals dropped exponentially. So we just – like when we didn't have to ask anymore – and we weren't paying attention to it because I think you're probably going to get into today, like how it's threaded into all the conversations right. and the way you service people. You know, it, it it by default made things a bit more transactional, which is exactly what we don't want to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we had to like circle back because we started noticing that our digital leads, it's changed a little bit then, but at least at that time because there was so much volume our digital leads weren't necessarily as quality as our referrals. So then we set these goals at the time we had Joe here, who was a master of referrals because he had also come up in a system where you had to like drive your own business. And so we would set a goal of like, we want half of all of our new business each month to come from referrals. Right. And it didn't matter if it was a hundred new people in a month. Cause that during these golden years of Facebook, you could get that 50 of those needed to be referrals, which mm-hmm. was really hard to do. But what it did was it, it, refocused us on the best type of lead, which would long-term be the best type of customer. Yeah. Which, you know, since digital came out, we made it, maybe made us lazy. It's the easy button, things like that. You take your eye off the ball, maybe your service isn't as good and you're not working as hard. There's that stuff. But the big part of it is if you just look at digital, it's never going to get any cheaper. Like say you had the golden years, maybe when it first came out, is it right. say you start a campaign digitally, you're going, it's going to be, cost you x amount for this lead it's only going to get worse now are you saying like over a long period of time or just like in a short period uh, kind in of a both, long right? period of time like it's not going to improve typically right, right. it's not going to get any cheaper correct say, right so say like you know we have clubs that start out in digital leads they get like ten dollar leads right crazy right, right? Yep. it's only going to go up increasing you know it typically hits a ceiling but it's still not going to get better right it's only going in one direction correct kind of stuff so you're costing more you're having to spend more to get the same amount of, like same amount of leads. But if you look at word of mouth, that's literally, you know, based on your service and you're doing it, one can turn into two, two can turn into four, four can turn into eight. It's right. never ending. Yep. It's a kind, huge multiplier. Kind of stuff, right. So costs like why wouldn't you want to go there? Right. You know, it doesn't cost me really anything for me to ask you after providing good service to get a referral, right? Yep. Now why why do you think then it's so difficult for people? Like, I mean, what you're saying, I think if anyone listening, I know that I'm like, yeah, of course, duh. I mean, I think anyone (laughs) listening that's not, you know, have IQ of like 40 is like, oh, yeah, cool. I get it. Right. So why do you think then it's people don't do it more often? 
No, I mean, it's just, it's human nature. It's hard to ask for things. You know, it's, I mean, we kind of joke around sometimes, you know, trainers suck at sales kind of thing. You know, you sure. Know, people yeah. don't like to ask for money. They don't, you know, they don't feel comfortable doing it. Right. Kind of stuff, which, you know, that we'll get to later, which, you know, yeah, we can talk about now is really that that's just more of a cultural thing. Right. That's like creating that culture where everybody is looking for opportunities to get referrals and get people in. Well, and I think we, we've had this conversation a lot about people being like scared of money, if you will. And and there's all kinds of reasons why, like selling from your own wallet, all these other reasons why, like maybe, you know, coaches aren't, don't make great, you know, salespeople. But even if you, if you flip the script and you're like, okay, altruistically, are you in this business to help people? I think yeah. all trainers would say, sure, of course. It's like, okay, well then if this was a way for you to help more people, would you do it? And I think they would all say yes. Now there's still the effort part. There's the fear of hearing no, right? Or, or it being awkward, but all you have to do is just break through that mental barrier. And you'll find that like, I think we talked about this before. It's like, you're saying like people just assume build it and they will come. Well, sometimes clients really don't even know that you are trying to grow your business. I I can distinctly remember when we would get refocused during that time period I was talking about, like we're, let's refocus on referrals and we would start asking people and the responses I would get were so surprising to me. Like I would literally have people say, oh, I thought it was completely full because every time I'm in here, there's no slots open. It's packed. So if you're asking, say, uh, in an alloy structure, it's six to one. If it's a busy hour, uh, 9 a.m. or something like that. And you're asking someone in there for a referral and there's always six people booked in there. You might be surprised to know that they assume that every hour is booked with six people. They don't know that there's times open at 7 p.m. or 4 right. p.m. or whatever those times are. Right. But you have to ask to discover that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, I mean, going back to the cultural part within your team, I mean, I was brought up in it, thankfully, you know, according with you, like how many times did we have meetings and referrals was a topic? Always. Always, right? Every meeting we're like, all right, how many referrals is what we got? Right. How many times did we role play those those scenarios? All right. How many times have you gamified that? Right. Well, like, all right, whoever gets the most referrals, make it a competition. There's a score scorecard and stuff like that. Right. Yes. How many times have you talked to other businesses where they don't do any of that, right? Referrals isn't in their culture it's, and it's, they can't understand why nobody's asking. Overwhelmingly, <laughs> overwhelmingly people do not ask enough. Right. So like we, you just said at the beginning, like, you know, we're just expecting to get referrals, but if none of your coaches or your team isn't even asking about it, how will your clients even know to give them to you? How will you like, how will they even come about that? You may randomly get some here or there, but if your team is trained and they know how to hit cues, when I say like, you come in and you do the in body and you're like lost like 10 pounds of body fat or something like, Oh man, that's great. Do you have anybody else that would enjoy coming in and uh, seeing the same results? Right. If nobody's trained and thinking in that way all the time, it's not going to happen because there's you, opportunities everywhere. Can you touch on maybe two or three like key points? Like we can just use Aloe as an example that you think are prime times to ask for referrals? Well, prime time number one is always after our starting point session, right? Point of sale. People are really excited. Right. Taking that full They've finally down. taken that step in right. their life. They came in the door, which is the hardest part, going honestly. Great time to ask, right? Yep. So 100% of the time, are we asking there? Okay. Next is 
in bodies. We do those every 30 days. We kind of talked about this yesterday is kind of our key point to time to value. Yes. Right. Yep. And this is another opportunity. Are you a hundred percent asking after every in body? Like, Hey, do you have anybody else who enjoyed seeing results like this? You know, you talked about your husband. Do you think they'd like to come in and see this? Right. Are we a hundred percent doing that? Um, other opportunities could be just literally in the workouts themselves could be like, maybe they had a new accomplishment or do more pushups than never done before. Other moments could literally be things in their life. Like maybe they remember this time we had a, we had firemen in here or a guy that was coming fireman training. You remember this? Yes. And we came in, we trained him up so that he could, you know, pass the pass physical the test. Yep. And he did. Right. Yep. Do you think that's a great opportunity to celebrate with him and ask him for a referral? For sure. But it's all those things. You need to be constantly looking at those and talking about those as a team. If not, it's going to be dismissed, missed opportunities, missed opportunities. Do you think it's important to measure it? I always think of that statement from Peter Drucker that says what gets measured gets managed, meaning like is it important that the team understands how many referrals you got and where they came from? Absolutely. I mean, we track, I mean, you know, data drives everything as part of like EOS and everything yep. we've always done. We track how many, like who our actual signups are, where their source came from, we're shooting, you know, you had a metric like 50% referrals. So we'll say like between 25 and 50% of your people are getting referrals. Are we doing that? The biggest thing I can honestly say in that front is when you get referrals, when you ask, like say if you asked me for a referral and I actually had somebody to give you off the top of my head, the magic honestly is in the follow-up of that, right? So if I tell you, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, maybe I'll talk to my wife, right? And I leave. Most of the time, what you'll see is that ends the conversation, right? Right. Versus maybe the next day you see me, like my next workout, I was like, hey, did you talk to your wife? Right. Is there any follow-up to get that going? And right. it's constantly. So it's keeping your, you know, people ordered, have a spreadsheet, whatever, who your actual referrals are, potentials, and following up on them. Yeah. So tracking the conversations and stuff, yeah. whether, and we've got the tech tools to be able to do that. You're right. And I think, you know, for anyone listening, that's more sort of service minded. And tr again, that sort of trainer that's afraid to ask whatever that is, I think practice will, will squash that. But I think, you know, you're assuming that the person might be irritated that you're asking, but there's ways to do it. That's why you role play in practice, right? Like one of our core values is humor with a touch of crazy. So like, you know, like I think maybe the, one of the ways that we would ask it, like, you know, when we were great at asking referrals is we would say like, well, you don't, you don't love your wife. Like you don't want to live a long time. You're trying to like get a, a younger girlfriend. Like what you up to here? Like we, there's ways we could joke about like why they're not getting their husband or their wife or their friend or whatever. Like, you don't like your high school friends. Like you don't want right. them coming in here. Like right. they are your neighbors or I mean, it's, there's so many ways to, to approach that from a place that doesn't feel like every time they're in, like, Hey, can I get the number of that person you mentioned the other day? It doesn't have to be like that cold, stale, like salesy approach, if that makes sense. You know, and what you'll find, and obviously we have found is once you do that, it gets a part of your culture of your team. And then it, it comes in as a culture with your clients. So because your, your clients, you know, it's personal training. They love you to death, right? They will do anything for you. They, they just want to help you. So once they know that like, this is what you're trying to do and this will help them, they're empowered by it. Well, and I think people underestimate exactly what you just said, Matt, which there's so many studies that, that will, as long as you give someone a reason and you ask for help, it, it, you can make it very personal. Like let me give you an example, like here's a study that's interesting. So like the, the social scientists, there was a long line at like a coffee shop or something. 
and they had people ask if they could cut in line. And all they had to do was give a reason, even if it was a lame reason. And if they, if they just said, Hey, can I cut? People would say, no, like what are you nuts? But if they said, can I cut in line? And they gave a reason, even if it was lame, people would say, okay. And so I, I think we can, and I mean, the reason might be like, Hey, can I cut in line for coffee? Like I'm, uh, I'm, I gotta get to work. Well, probably everyone in that line's got to get to work, but you're like, Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. And probably later you're like, what does that mean? I'm going to work too, you know, but you would say yes. So I think in the same way, if say you were a new club, like a new alloy as an example, and you're the coach that works at night and you want to have your schedule full, cause that's one of the metrics we're measuring is how, you know, percentage mm-hmm. of, of, uh, sessions of yours that are fully booked. And you might say something like, Hey, you know, uh, we opened a few, you know, weeks back, we got a few spots open in the evening. Can you do me a favor? Like literally asking for you because yeah. like, you know, we and the company and all that's great, but I will tell you in personal training, the individuals are going to somewhat supersede what's on the front door. Right. And so asking someone like, Hey, Matt, can you do me a favor? I really want to get my schedule full in the evenings. Do you have anybody like you're super cool? Do you have anybody that's like you that would be a good culture fit here that you'd like to bring in or, or, or have me talk to that I could help? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, OK, sure. No, I'd love to help you out. But it's got to be about helping you, the person right in front of them. Right. right. You know, it's interesting and it's it's a good thing is like I've had many of these conversations around what you just said where like people they love what we do and everything's we and they tell us, you know, the story and stuff. And like, it's almost weird telling people like, you need to be a little more selfish and be like, you're the person that's going to help them. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. very interesting. Well, it's a fine line. Look, the brand brings them in, but at the end of the day, it's a people business. And so people want to do something for people and they right. want to do something with somebody with a face where they know their name right. and they know a little bit of their history. And so it's very powerful to say like, Hey Matt, can you help me out? I want to fill up my evening schedule. Do you have any cool people like you that you think would want to be a member here yeah. or a client and give me their number? I'll follow up with them. Yeah. I mean, that that's the most powerful way to ask, honestly. So I mean, doing that, right. You make it a part of your team, constantly talk about it every week. You know, biggest thing I always see, doing, you know, consulting calls and out there is literally people like, and hell I've been guilty of it myself is like, Hey, you know, Rick, go get me, go get a referral. Right. And I tell you one time, <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? You didn't get any referrals. <laughs> right. Well, like you said, it's gotta be part of the culture. Right. So part of the culture then goes into the clients on both of those fronts. You also want to reward the behaviors that you want. Right. So we talked a little bit like gamify with your coaches, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stuff. You want to give a few examples them. of that, that we've done. Yeah, I mean, we've had different things where, uh, you know, the most referrals got like, I don't know, you give gift cards away, you've mm-hmm. gone like, I think you did a Theragun for, for one of the kind yep. of things, but it's just every week. It's not even about the thing as much as it is about the game, right? Right, yes. Yeah, and, be, and the recognition in front of your peers. Right, that's so it. recognizing in front of the meetings, things like that, right? So that's your, your staff, right? So it's like kids, you want to, they do something good, you want to reinforce, <laughs> reinforce that, that yeah, behavior, yeah. right? Yep. Now, on the clients, it's the same front. And we have stuff in place for that already, right? So first off, we got alloy rewards, which we talked about here. Yeah, you get the Auto, most points most for Most points for the thing that we want, yep. right? You get yep. 500 points, get that in there, and you can redeem it for other stuff. Right. Other soft touch stuff that we do, which, you know, is huge. Nobody does it anymore. We do like handwritten letters, right? You refer somebody in, I'm going to write you a handwritten letter. Mm-hmm. Right? Remember doing that all the time? Yeah. Every meeting, we'd have everybody Passing go around, them around and sign. Yeah. I mean, we use them for multiple things, but that's huge. And then outside of that, you need to, you know, if you have somebody that's giving you lots of referrals, don't you think you should, you know, maybe step up your game a little bit? I mean, we've done things like 
you know, buy people dinner, you know, theater tickets, sporting event, right. whatever. And, and listen, I think it's, you're hundred percent right. And that's a great way. And you do that after the fact, but just keep in mind that people aren't referring to you for movie tickets or whatever. That is a thank you gift, right? I think no, it's really it's, important because one well, thing they that, don't know about this, this is, well, that's what I'm saying. Die. And it needs to be exactly how you described it. Yeah. And I want to, the reason I said that is I want to make a point for everyone listening to understand if you try to run a referral drive based on a transactional gift. Like if you, if you drive the most referrals, you get a name in the hat, or if you, you know, this, for every referral, you get a name in the hat, we'll do a drawing for a, I'm just making things up like a big screen TV. We've done those things in the past and our customer avatar, if they want like the things that you could afford to buy for these gifts, they already can buy them on their own. It's not, a, I don't mean this flippantly, but it's not like a big deal to buy a big screen TV for a client that can pay three or 400 bucks a month for training. Sure. It's just not. I can distinctly remember when we ran our first sort of transactional referral drive and we had two guys that were in it to win it and they had referred like 12, 13 people each. And this is when we were running all kinds of layers of stuff, right? So we could actually take on like seven, 800 customers at the time. And so we were giving away, it was when flat screen TVs just came out, which I know might sound weird, but they had just come out. So we, we hung it on the wall and we looped like alloy videos on it. And it was like HD, which was a big deal at the time too. So these two guys are like basically, you know, and all they would do is ask where the other guy was like in my head, where's he, how many did he get? I got four more for you today. We're going to crush this. I'm bringing my buddies in, you know, that kind of idea. And I can distinctly remember the guy that won when I went to give him the TV, he's like, Oh, you can just give it to somebody else or donate the money or whatever. He's like, it doesn't matter to me. You can have it. Just take it home. I was like, really? He's like, I've got that same one, like over in my bathtub in my, in my bathroom. So he literally had the same TV that. And I'm telling you at the time, the flat screen at that size with HD was like four grand or something ridiculous. He literally had it over his tub in his bathroom, (laughs) sit in the tub and watch golf or whatever. So I'm like, all right. So it really, it was raising a lot of questions, but continue (laughs) (laughs) golf. I said (laughs) golf hub. And it was literally just the, the game itself. right? Right. And speaking of culture, before I forget, we have a current alloy franchisee who used to be part of another big fitness franchise. And I can distinctly remember him sharing. He had seven or eight locations and he was sharing a message because his, all of his managers would communicate with each other through Slack, which we use that internally for our company as well. And so they were communicating on Slack and one of his managers took a picture of a form and she had sold a membership and, and acquired five referrals. And the message was like, boom, sold another one, got my five who let's go like who else is going to do this right yeah but what it spoke to and the reason i loved it was it spoke to the fact that this person who is now an investor in an alloy has built a culture where that's what you're chasing like he has pointed everyone towards that as being something that's good so right. like at the to your point at the starting point session that's the sale if you will first session collect five names of other people that that you could help right mm-hmm. And he had done such a good job of it that here the manager was like taking a picture of it and got my five. And then you could see all the other managers like, oh, I only got three last time. Okay, I'm going to beat you, right? I think it goes back to even our core values, like competitive spirit is one of our core values. It's like, all right, well, if you just want to win the game because it's you're in the game, right? period. If you're wired that way, you just want to win. You know, it's like winners win kind of idea, right? So it's like if you got good people in there and you measure these things and you make it part of your culture, you can get to that point, then you're, you're going to kill it. Right. Everybody, all paddling the same direction. We're all trying, like, every opportunity we're out there, 
We are like you know, our model, 130 to 150 people. Yeah, this isn't a lot. I mean, really, we're talking about yes, get out in your community and and get plenty of referrals during your pre-sale. Matt, Matt and the team are going to push you really hard to do that. But once you're open, you guys, if you run the type of retention model that's possible in an alloy, you could spend very little money and keep your gym relatively full just through referrals. But you have to make it part of your culture and you have to understand that there's these inflection point conversations that have to happen. And you have to role play them and you have to practice and you have to get your team comfortable. You have to measure it. You have to celebrate it when it happens, not only with the team, but with the members as well. Like Mm -hmm. you said, random gifts, things like that. So it really is. I mean, there's like 85 techniques and none of them are going to work if the overreaching point that you made, if it's not part of the culture. Right. It doesn't matter. Yep. Here's part- the 10 ways you can do it. Okay. But if it's not happening and you're not measuring it, it's not going to matter. Yep. And then the most important thing is you can't suck. <laughs> Actually, right. have to be good. Well, that's one thing I was going to say is like, look, man, if, if your churn is too high and you're not getting any referrals, You can say whatever you want about how good that you think you're doing. The market never lies to you, bro. It does not, right? It's Mm -hmm. sort of like if we weren't selling any franchises, then it would just mean we're not showing well. And our, our, you know, return on investment proposition is not good. You know, thankfully, that's not what the market's telling us. But if you're in an alloy or any other business, I don't care what business you're in, and you are, again, losing customers and you're not getting any referrals the market's telling you exactly what you need to know. Your shit's not that good. I hate to say it. And even if it's something that, let's say it's alloy, even if it's something that we built for you and everything is in place, you still got to run the damn play, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we, we try to coach this to our franchisees, and I think it's a good message for anyone that's an entrepreneur that's in business. The market doesn't lie to you. If you're not getting referrals and you're losing customers, you, you have to get better. And it, this is something I've heard you know, a friend of mine in the industry say like, I don't want to hear that you're doing your best either. And I know that's kind of a tough message for people. It's like, well, I'm doing my best. It's like, yeah, but if your best isn't good enough, you have to get better. Then your best will be good enough as a team. I'm saying Mm -hmm. not as an individual, maybe you do, maybe as a leader, you're not really driving home that conviction in those meetings. Sure. Right. So if you say, well, and like, if you're on a call with somebody, Matt, they're like, well, we're doing our best, but the result, the outcomes aren't there. It's like, okay, but your best is not good enough right now. So you're going to have to get better. That is, If this is your absolute best, honestly, I hate to tell you, it ain't good enough. You're going to have to get better. And that's a tough pill to swallow for people because I think, you know, in our society, you'll hear things like, well, I did my best. And like that's all you can do. It's like, no, it's not. You can actually work hard and upskill yourself and role play and practice and practice and practice. You can be better. And that's what you should be aiming for. And if you are, maybe then your best will be good enough. Does that make sense? Try my hardest coach. <laughs> um, well, it doesn't matter. Like, look, if you can't throw the ball 20 yards down the field, you can try your hardest, but I'm not putting you in there when I'll throw a deep pass. It's not going to happen. That's a fact. And like, you know what? Your best should be hit the weight room and, and learn how to throw a football better. Whatever. Well, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. No, for sure. I, but that's a, that's a tough thing to tell people. And I know you're in that coaching seat like 99% of the time these days. It's like, it's really hard to tell people like I'm doing my best. Like, well, that's not good enough. But that's a fact. The market's telling you. It's not me. I don't care. I wish your best was good enough, but it's not. Right. Right. Upskill yourself. And I didn't mean to get on a tangent there, but. Got a little fired up there. God, I go, why have I get better? <laughs> but I, but I, really, I really want people to hear that. And I really want like that entrepreneur to point that finger at themselves, whoever they are, alloy or not, and say, listen, for this thing to get better, I have to grow as a leader. And if my current, what I feel like is my best effort ain't doing it, I need to change. I need to get better. Yeah, it's true. Any business. Doesn't yep. matter what you're in. Yep. For sure. 
Without going to rabbit hole, that's just kind of referrals in a nutshell. You got anything else? No, I mean, I know it's kind of high level, you guys, but like, listen, I think what the takeaways that I got from you, Matt, was like, make it part of your culture, which means you need to be measuring it, role playing it, talking about it regularly, and then celebrate it when it happens. Celebrate it with your team and also celebrate it with your clients. Don't run referral drives based on something transactional, like you're giving away an iPad. It doesn't matter to our typical customer avatar and most people really either you're not mm-hmm. giving away a Rolls Royce. I mean, come on. So I think when you look at it that way, I think if you just start, just start working on it, you'll be really surprised at how receptive your customers will be. And you'll hear, you'll be surprised to hear that they probably didn't even know that you were taking on new business. Yeah, for sure. So get out there and work on it. If you've got any questions, hit us up. And uh, anyway, great topic, man. Perfect yeah, time. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.